What's up? What's up? Set apart family. I just recorded an episode and it's so real. I'm just sharing testimony of what God has done the past 10 years. And it's just a couple of things that come to mind. But this is an episode that is so powerful about you and God. It's something nobody can take away from you. This is your story with God and it is everything. And it is oil in your lamp that only you can protect and build upon with God. And he wants you. And so for those of you who aren't yet filled with the spirit, there's a moment and opportunity to be ministered at the end with that. But this is my real authentic story. This religious girl became spirit filled and set free because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit who lives inside me. And so I pray you're encouraged. If you find value in this, please subscribe, leave a written review. Let me know. Please share your testimony. If you get filled with the spirit or your friend does, please message me on Instagram or Facebook. I want to hear the testimony, but you are so loved. And I can't wait for you to hear this timely episode just for you. What's up? What's up? Set apart fam. Check it out. I feel so emotional today. (laughs) I went to a prayer set at Upper Room Dallas, which by the way, if you're in DFW and you have the ability and freedom to go to a prayer set at Upper Room Dallas, I highly encourage you to do it. Even if you have to park in the nosebleed section to get to the front door, which I do often, it is worth it. This is a place that 10 years ago in April, I stepped into for the very first time and it completely changed my life. And I hope I can get through this episode without crying, but I wanted to share with you what God has done in my life. Just off the top of my head, we were in prayer today and Upper Room is looking for a new building. And um, Joel began to pray on the mic and started thanking God for what he's done the past 10 years. And I remember in April of this year, 10 years ago, I stepped foot into Upper Room for the first time. And I had a lot of pride, entitlement, a religious spirit, confusion. And, but, but I thought everybody was crazy. It was a Seder dinner, which I don't even know how to explain what a Seder dinner is. Um, not the most normal thing for somebody to experience when you come to uh, a church for the first time. So it wasn't even like a normal service. It was something really unique. And I was like, man, these people are weird, but I feel home. (laughs) And then I go back on a Sunday and I'm like, man, this is crazy, but I feel like I'm home. And I was still at a place where I was like coming to upper room, but I was also wanting to be at a bigger church because I thought that was more impactful. But God just kept tugging on me to keep coming back to upper room, coming back to upper room. And this is like, I want to say there were like 40 people that were at Upper Room, maybe, when I started going. And I wanted to say, like, God totally transformed my life. And I talk about this a little bit in the book that I have coming out in May. Actually, that whole book wouldn't have been written had I not attended Upper Room. Like, it honestly was birthed from my life being a part of that. But I wanted to share this with you. So, being part of Upper Room Dallas... Um, allowed me to understand the value of not just attending a house of prayer and not just praying as a woman who's in the body of Christ, but I am now a walking house of prayer everywhere I go. There's value in 
And prayer is relationship with God. And my relationship with God is my most powerful weapon. Years ago, I had a dream that I was running from the cops and I was looking for my dad because I was like, what do I, like, what, what's wrong? Like, why would they be looking for me? What am I carrying that I don't know I'm carrying? And so I was looking for my dad who represents our heavenly father. And I was like, dad, what do I know that I don't know that I know? And he goes, Jamie Lynn, it's time for you to know your most powerful weapon on earth. And I was like, fire. <laughs> and he was like, no. And this helmet began, began to come down from the sky. And it was this legit old-fashioned warrior helmet with like the nose piece and everything. And he said, your most powerful weapon on earth and put it on me, he said, is prayer. And I remember waking up from that dream so honored that my relationship with God, that me listening to him and praying what's on his heart was the most powerful thing I carry on earth. Relationship with God. And being in upper room really taught me that. Being in upper room is, it's a, for those of you who don't know, Upper Room is really well known on media now, but our first six years, okay, so it's only been quote unquote known for four years, but our first six years there, we were told not to have any form of social media. So anyone who came to us, they were hungry, they found us by word of mouth, maybe the Lord led them there, crazy things, right? We just were not this, this hyped up, spectator viewing church and I'm sorry I'm not sorry actually um because I think the moment people get on media spectators begin to show up and that's true of any church and I want to encourage you not to be a spectator and you'll know whether you're a spectator or not by the fruit of your life don't show up to a place because of hype don't show up to a place because it's people talk about how awesome it is show up to a place because God is there and you want him. Show up to a place that you're willing to park in the nosebleeds and walk because you, you're just so hungry to meet with God. Show up to a place where you may not be seen, but you're so happy you're there because you know you're seen by God and that you get a partner with God in what he's doing on the earth. And so as I show up to Upper Room, you know, this hunger begins to stir within me. This maturity begins to grow and formulate within me in the place of prayer. And I became the children's pastor and built the children's ministry there, which I, I was so judgmental and critical towards ministry as a job. I really thought like in my pride, because I was at grad school, that I should be making a certain amount that I would go work and make money and then serve God with that. But really what I learned is that I'm to seek first the kingdom of heaven and anything else that God planned for me to have on this earth will be added <laughs> to my life. He will give to me. Um, but my dreams were no longer my dreams. My dreams began um, becoming God's dreams for my life. And as I sit there looking each child in the face, watching them hear the, the voice of God for the first time, my heart begins to melt. Because I, even when I first became the children's pastor, was mortified. I was like, they're going to fire me. I don't know the word of God. <laughs> they're going to find out I don't know the word of God. But do you know how I learned the word of God? By teaching the word to the kids by teaching children the word of God. I learned the word of God. And we knew that I was supposed to be the children's pastor and I didn't know what I was doing and all the pride that I had. I knew how to go to the Father, to the Holy Spirit and ask him how to build such a thing. And so I believe with all my heart that what God did for me in my 20s, because yes, I'm in my 30s, but what God did for me in my 20s was to teach me how to be led by him, period. 
And he took me places that were so much better than I could have asked for or imagined. And I remember sitting with kids. I know I'm like so emotional today, but I remember sitting with the kids and watching them hear the voice of God for the first time and knowing that like, wow, God is real and he's in this place. I remember watching kids like encounter God, like crazy things came out of their mouth. They saw angels. They saw angels wanting to come and deliver healing to souls, healings to bodies. And I know this may sound so crazy to some of you listening in, but this is really what happened. And these adults are being touched by these kids' lives. They're prophesying. They're aware of what's going on in the environment. We're playing. We're having fun. It's adventurous. Like, you know, you tell a child, Jesus laid hands on the sick and they recovered. And they're like, why? And we're like, because he loves us. And in his word, he said that every time he laid hands on the sick, they recovered and that we're called to do the same. So they began praying for people and people were healed when they would pray. And my faith rose and was was just, I was amazed at what God had done. I remember I had endometriosis and I went to a, a time of healing. I was about to go to Africa and we went to this day of prayer and it was like prayers of deliverance for the body of Christ. And I knew that there was a prayer I was going to get to that was going to change my life. And I just expect, I just knew that I was going to be healed of endometriosis, which, you know, any doctor would say that's a lifelong thing. I was in pain every single day. And as um, we went through this prayer, like as guys, I'm telling you, I was so religious before, like I judged the very thing the very people I walk with now, I judged and criticized. I judged the Holy Spirit so hard because I did not know him and how amazing he was. But because I let go of my preconceived notions of who God was and laid it down for to discover who he really is, my life has been transformed. And I remember as I began to say this prayer out loud for healing, and it was a giant group, something began to choke my neck. And I'm like, I cannot make this up, y'all. I cannot make this up. And I began to cry and my body began to move down. I'm sitting down and my body folds over and I began shaking. And I felt light come into my body and take darkness out, take endometriosis out and come in with peace. And I went to the doctor and no longer had a cyst the size of a plum in me. Like I was healed. God healed me of endometriosis and the power of my words to push them out and pray and believe and hunger for this. He came and he healed me. I remember um, I remember meeting my husband in the prayer room. In the prayer room, I met my husband. And we both rapped. I know some of you may know that. You may not know that about me. I would freestyle all the time at upper room and prayer sets. And then my husband Lance shows up. He had been there for a little bit. And he gets on the mic and he raps. So I went and met him. Didn't think anything of it, really thought we would never end up together. And then another prayer set, he raps again two months later. And I just knew he was my husband, which is another story in itself. And that opened up a journey with me to learn the voice of God more and be led by God. Because I didn't want to make anything happen that wasn't God. And so I laid down and kept laying it down and kept laying it down. (laughs) No matter how many times it took, that was the job. When I would, it wasn't perfect in the journey, but even in the hard times, I would lay Lance down before the Lord and five and a half years later we got married and it was a long journey but this happened from the place of upper room this happened from the house of prayer I remember 
um, receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving my prayer language while I was riding in a car in the middle of a Texas storm. I would go up to every ministry call because I wanted I wanted to be able to um, speak in tongues. But I grew up Church of Christ and I just, this religious logical side of me wanted to fight it and say, no, no, but I also really wanted it. And people would be like, just open your mouth, Jamie, and pray and it'll come. And I'm like, that was not my story. I know it's some people's story, but it was not my story. And I remember being in a Texas storm. There's a tornado warning. Nobody's really on the highway. I thought I ran over a branch as I'm driving home. And there wasn't a branch on the road. And I looked down and it was a piece of hail, literally the size of like a grapefruit or cantaloupe. I've never seen a piece of hail that big in my life. And hail began to fall everywhere around me. And my hand flings up in the air and I begin to pray in the spirit. And I began to weep. Because in the middle of a storm, I received my prayer language. And this is all while attending Upper Room. I was probably leaving Upper Room, um, heading home. And I began to weep because the rest of the way home, too, hail didn't touch my car. And it was such a huge hailstorm in Texas. So much damage was done to people's cars and none was done to mine. None. Crazy. Like, I'm telling you, it's supernatural. And the Holy Spirit came and moved in my heart. And I was delivered from depression, literally. I was sitting in a staff meeting one time and I was like, I forgot what it feels like to be joyful. It's been three months. I don't know what joy feels like and I don't know if I'm ever going to feel it. And the staff gathered around me. They laid hands on me and gave me hope and faith that I would be healed from depression. And I began a couple of week journey to listen to worship, to listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf on our brain. And then finally end up at a Bible study and I get delivered of depression and it has not come back since. It has not, the Lord showed me a picture of how to combat depression, that it would never return as long as I protected my body and my mind and my soul and my spirit from the lies of the enemy. I remember seeing people come into the prayer room and as we worshiped God, the Lord would, would so delight in the worship, he would turn around and come in as healer. People who were barren became fertile. Women who could not conceive were able to conceive because of prayer, because of coming to the place of prayer and just worshiping him because he's worthy of it. Our city began to transform. People came in who were struggling with homosexuality and their whole life got changed and turned around and their heart came alive to the presence of God. It was Jesus who did it. It wasn't the church who did it. It was the church who faithfully showed up to worship God. And him alone. And these people's lives would be transformed. And they're married to somebody of the opposite sex. They have kids. It's amazing. And I'm not saying that those temptations don't come in their lives. But I'm telling you, they're so rooted and grounded in who God is. They're happily married. Um, and they, they are totally sold out for who God is, period. And I, I share this because I'm so overwhelmed. And I remember, <laughs> I'm hoping this gives you guys faith. I remember being in the prayer room and I remember in the first building we were in, there's been three buildings so far. In the first building we were in, the fire marshal came in and started to tell us all these reasons why we were going to have to be shut down and kicked out. And so at every staff meeting, we were getting these horrible updates and we began to grow in such faith. Every time bad news came, the next week, bad news came, the next week, worse news came. And we began to celebrate when the bad news came because we were so aware that God had an answer and a plan for his church, that he would provide a fully furnished upper room for us. And we began to meet next door at the All Saints building. We outgrew that and God gave us another building. And right now 
we're looking for a new building again. But I'm saying all this to say today I was so moved and I wanted to share the testimony of how good God is. And in your life, whatever you're going through, I want to encourage you to protect your place with God, period. When it's the one thing no one can ever take from you. It's the, it's the tale of uh, the ten virgins, you know, five were... Five had oil in their lamps and five did not. And this is, the, this is what's so powerful about this story. They were on a journey to go see the bridegroom and they needed oil in their lamps to be able to see and make the journey. Five of them prepared extra oil and five of them did not. And the five that were not prepared had to leave and go get more oil because the ones that were prepared were not willing to sacrifice their oil because the bridegroom was more important than giving away the oil for the journey. And you'd think, oh, that sounds horrible. But no, listen, you cannot live off of somebody else's relationship with God. You every day are storing up oil. You're storing up oil in history with God. Every healing, every moment of faith, every prayer you pray for other people, every moment you read the word and you take it in, every moment you thank him when it doesn't make any sense, every moment you celebrate a victory before it comes You're storing up oil. Every moment you're sitting there and listening for the answer because you know that the solution is being held in the hands of our Father. Every moment, every moment we're storing up oil. And this oil is something nobody can take from you. Nobody else can build for you. And don't get me wrong, we can hear testimonies that help fill oil, I think, and keep fire going in our hearts. But if you yourself do not have personal oil and investment. When the shaking comes, you can't live off of somebody else's story. You can remember somebody else's story and because of the oil that you've carried in the depth and the reality of knowing God is faithful, he's good and his love endures forever, you will be able to keep moving forward and the wind and waves listen to him Who is this God that even the wind and the waves listen to him? You will experience God in a new way because of the oil you've stored in your lamp. And so for you, please, I am begging you. (laughs) If you are putting anything in your body or through your eyes or your ears, if you're allowing gossip to come in, gossip is going to come out. It depletes your oil. If you're allowing lustful TV shows, shows where people are joking sexually, shows where people are having premarital sex or being lustful, Um, outside of marriage or being lustful inside of marriage and showing it on TV, you're storing that up and it's going to affect the oil in your lamp. Pure oil cannot reside with evil oil. And we're living in a time where if we're going to be set apart, we have to protect the oil God gave us. There are people who are going to find refuge in you because of the oil you stored up and you get to teach them You know, there are moments where we fish for people and we give them fish, but always as a disciple, we teach them how to fish. We teach them how to store oil in their lamp with God because their personal relationship with God is the most powerful weapon they have on earth. Prayer is violently powerful. And so I want to encourage you today. Like I look back at my years at Upper Room and I'm so overwhelmed at what he's done and there's so much more. I'm just speaking from my heart in this this episode, but I wanted to hop on here and encourage you. Fill your heart with prayer. Listen, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding. Not only did he come and die and then beat death by raising from the dead, 
He went to the right hand of the Father to continue ministering, to continue protecting and fighting and serving you and I. He's still serving us right now by praying at the right hand of the Father. And we have the ability to go and listen to what Jesus is praying and do it. Listen to what Jesus is praying and pray it. And so your relationship with God is only something that you can cultivate. No one can cultivate for you. They can disciple you into it, but it is you and you're 100% responsible for what you let in. And you're 100% responsible for the oil that is stored up in your lamp. While the world is causing fearful thoughts and terror and lies and deception, God is not a deceiver. God is truth with a capital T. He is the way. Jesus is the only way. And his oil is pure and will bring freedom and life to you as it has for me. And so my prayer today for you is that you would have the courage to step into this place even more. Even if you're being faithful in these places that I just pray in Jesus name, Holy Spirit, would you come fill every single man and woman who is tuning into this episode? Would you fill them with your spirit? Would you fill us with your spirit like you filled me with your spirit? God, I was dead. I was religious. I was judging your spirit. And you came and you filled me. And you filled me with your spirit. And you delivered me from gluttony. You delivered me from self-hatred. You delivered me from depression. You delivered me from myself. When I made myself Lord, you struck that down and you showed me that you wanted to be my Lord and you have brought immense freedom to me, God. You have revealed things to me that could only be revealed by you in the prophetic God for me to pray for other people, for me to declare over other people, help me, Holy One. Help me, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Fill us with your spirit, oh God. If people don't have their prayer language yet, I pray for them to be filled with your spirit and your prayer language in their own personal language with you, God, that they would be filled with your spirit, that when they lay hands on the sick, they would be recovered. God, that when they go into the creative arts with photography, with videography, with building, God, with um, singing, with writing music, with creating entertainment, media, businesses as parents, Whatever they put their hands to, God, in the body of Christ, these, these labors in the field that are, that are stewarding revival, God, that are fighting for the widow, that are fighting for the orphan, God, anything we put our hands to, we declare that dead places are going to be raised up into life. We need you, Holy Spirit. We want you and we need you, Holy Spirit. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you show us the more? Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to understand what you are saying if there's a veil in front of our eyes, if there's corks in our ears, if there's um, something keeping us from understanding, God, your wisdom, not human wisdom, but your wisdom, please remove it so we can serve you with all of our heart, God. And I thank you for showing us how to steward oil in our days. Oil when nobody's looking to serve people, to pray for them, to intercede, God, to give lavishly when nobody's looking, to fast when nobody's looking, to pray when nobody's looking, to give when nobody's looking, to serve when nobody's looking, to listen to you when nobody's looking, to worship when nobody's looking. Would you make this relationship with you more real? We love you, God. 
I love you, God, and I thank you. I thank you for the people tuning in. I thank you for the set-apart family. I thank you for those who are sowing into this and supporting this vision. I thank you for those that are coming who haven't yet heard this. I thank you, God, for family members that aren't yet saved, that will be saved because it is your good and perfect will, and we will not stop until we see it. And we say thank you for salvation in our families. Thank you for salvation in our friendships. Thank you for salvation in the workplace. Thank you for salvation in our communities, in our neighborhood, in our building, in our cities. Thank you for salvation in America. Thank you, salvation, for all of those listening in other countries. Thank you for your salvation. We love you, God. We believe in you. We believe in you, God, and what you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much, and I just felt like this was a really important window to hop on here. Like, my voice is shaking (laughs) because I love him, and I want you to know him more. I want to know him more. And so I, I pray that this bless you and that you today would spend time thanking him for what he has done in your life. Because I love what we prayed about today. This is what he's done the past 10 years and he's just getting started. There's more people to come to labor in the fields that you've labored in who will take it further than you did. And you'll be able to take something further that somebody else labored in the field for. So I'm just believing that we're going to get to be part of those things with God. I love y'all so much and if you find value in this please leave a written review share this with your friends um, those that you feel that this will touch (laughs) but more than anything we have to live this out we have to walk it out talk is nothing, it's cheap but if we have love in our hearts and we live it out it's everything so I love you guys and I'll be hopping on here next week with a friend but I pray this ministers to your heart as he has ministered to mine. And share your testimony with somebody this week. It's unbelievable what could happen. You never know. Your story's real, authentic. Nobody can take it away from you or negate your truth with him. Amen.